Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of Torpid Liver and Other Symptoms of Poor Communication. I'm your host, Robin, and I'm really glad to be back with you. In this episode, I want to talk about trust or lack thereof. I think given the year we've experienced, we're all weary, but we're also wary. You know, COVID-19 has done so much to create fear and mistrust among people all over the world. Now, I'm an American with a decidedly American viewpoint, so I'll add a layer of the most bizarre American presidential election that I can remember in my lifetime, maybe in the history of the United States, I don't know. But I mean, many people know it was pretty crazy. When I think about that, and I think about the tragedy of the pandemic, uh, and I think about things going on in the rest of the world, where there may have been mistrust before, there is so much more now in people we used to trust, in our governments. Uh, some people don't trust medical science. Some people don't trust their leadership or their employers or could be any number of things. Most tragic is that some people don't trust in themselves. Uh, and that that is the foundation for so many problems. So that's what I want to get into in this episode and talk about things you can do uh, to overcome that and to rebuild trust. So let's get started. I think it's helpful for our discussion today if we have an informal definition of trust. For me, uh, trust is feeling safe and secure, especially when I'm feeling vulnerable. You know, it's like if there was something solid you could hang on to in an earthquake, when nothing else feels solid, um, it's something you could cling to, and that gives you a sense of peace. And I think that's what trust is. And um, whether it's trust in a person or an ideology or a product, um, you know, I think trust in part is a gut instinct. Um, you know, we all have a sixth sense if we tap into it, and that's your instinct. Um, your instinct will often tell you when there is something to be concerned about before you ever see it or feel it or smell it or taste it you know that something is amiss. Um, and I think trust is like that. I think when trust is really there, you feel it down in your gut uh, and that radiates throughout you and gives you a sense of peace, maybe when other parts of your life aren't feeling so peaceful. So for purposes of our conversation, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, I am curious as a listener um, how you define trust. I would love to hear from you on what you think that is, or how your definition varies from mine. All right, let's talk a little bit more about trust now. One of the things I find interesting about how trust is described by others, um, or is perceived by others, for many, trust is perceived as this very fragile thing, meaning, um, and I'm sure you've heard this before, that it takes a long time for people to build trust in your product or service. Um, but you can have one screw up and erode that trust completely. And we've seen examples in the world where that's happened. But there are also many cases where um, a brand or, or a corporation has um, 
or, or a politician has made a mistake, but if the trust has been built up well enough and if the person or entity responds appropriately, that trust is not completely eroded. And, you know, it's more like there's been a little chink in the armor uh, versus, you know, completely destroying the trust that was built over time. Um, to me, trust is the very foundation upon which relationships are forged in all aspects of life. And that can be pretty tough. And I'm tough, I mean, not tough to do, but I mean tough in terms of it can be a very strong um, and long-standing thing that you can lean on um, and that you can rely on so that when you do have a goof up, you haven't completely destroyed your credibility. Um, you know, I think about team sports. Now, uh, you know, I'm in America. I happen to love American college football. I know that what we call soccer in the rest of the world is football, um, but those are team sports. Um, uh, volleyball, basketball, baseball, all team sports, um, all things that rely on other people to be successful. You trust your teammates to not let you down. You trust your teammates to catch that ball or to pass or to pitch or to, you know, or to stop somebody in the opposing team from making a goal. All those things are built on trust. You trust in your capabilities. You trust in your abilities. You uh, trust the symbols and signals that you're giving each other. It's pretty complex. Um, I think about cheerleaders. Um, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but cheerleading is very popular in the United States. And cheerleaders, competitive cheerleaders, do some really amazing and, in, in, to my way of thinking, scary or death-defying stunts. Um, young women trust um, other women and men on their team to toss them up in the air. Uh, and while they're in the air, they're doing somersaults. And then they come back down and they trust that those teammates are going to catch them safely, not drop them or not halfway drop them. Because if they did, the consequences could be really bad. Uh, you know, at the very least, somebody could be injured. Uh, at the very worst, they could smash their skull. They could become paralyzed. They could fracture bones. I mean, it's pretty serious. Um, so it, the trust that is built there is very important. Um, and what I want to talk about today is that if you do a good job building up trust with your audiences or audience, there are things you can do to make that better when you've had some missteps. Um, there are a million different ways that we might approach that, but there's only a few that I'm going to talk about today. So let's tackle that next. touch again on something I said just a minute ago, that trust is the foundation upon which solid relationships are built and really lasting relationships. Um, now, if you're someone in a leadership role and you don't trust yourself for whatever reason, you know, think about how complicated that is. You cannot be the kind of trustworthy or 
You cannot be perceived as someone who is trustworthy if you don't even trust in yourself. And lack of trust in yourself can be a self-esteem issue. It can be because of something you need to work on. Um, you know, it could be an addiction problem. It could be something that you screwed up in the past and you just feel like, you know, it's like tapes playing in your head and you're going to do it again. And it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. There are a number of things that could cause you to not completely trust in yourself. But if that's the case, you are not going to be able to rebuild trust or build trust from the start if you don't even trust in yourself. You know, it's like the, the saying you hear all the time about you've got to take care of yourself because how can you care for others, whether it's your significant other, your children, your employees, whatever, if you're not taking care of yourself? So if you don't trust yourself, how can you be expected to be trustworthy? <laughs> Unless you're a psychopath, and there are people like that or sociopaths who can, who can fake it. But for most people in the world, they can't. And for, for genuine people or for people who genuinely care, and that's most of us in this, in this world, um, you've got to start from a place of trusting yourself and trusting your capabilities and trusting that you can handle things in difficult situations, which will help others in your audience lose their fear and trust in you. And when that happens and they feel calm and safe, they're more likely to follow you. They're more likely to take your advice. They're more likely to change behavior. All the things that we talk about in my profession, in the communication profession, in terms of how you deliver a message effectively. So, you know, that's something that you have to examine for yourself depending on your role in life and what you're trying to address from a trust standpoint. It's really important to get that nailed down or at least be on your way to that before you try to tackle the bigger issue of others trusting in you or trusting in your product or trusting in your um, the same belief system or ideology. It just won't be authentic and it won't work. I guarantee you that. So um, I'm not a psychologist. I don't have the solution for you, but I do know that it's something that you've got to look at sincerely before you try to tackle the rest of the trust uh, dilemma. Okay, let's talk briefly about um, some of the most obvious things that you can do uh, and should do to build trust or rebuild trust um, when it has been tarnished or when you know that your audience is feeling fearful about something, whether it's you or whether it's something in your organization. Um, you know, an apology is a good place to start when there's been a problem. Even if you're not directly responsible for whatever happened, um, starting from a place of, I'm sorry, we screwed up, um, being willing to listen to your audience, and even after you've apologized, if necessary, letting those audience members vent um, about how they're feeling. Because until you get that emotion out, um, you can't get to a place of calm 
where people are more likely to listen to you. So if you're in that kind of situation, it's important to start from a place of, I'm sorry. Um, and, if, and if you don't feel like I'm sorry is really necessary, you have to at least start from a place of acknowledging what happened and that it shouldn't have happened or it should have happened differently. And then moving to the next phase, which is, and here's what we can do from this point forward to make things right. Um, and until you do that, you can't go on to any of the other phases of what it takes to build or rebuild that trust with your audiences. So that's the very first thing. Um, being authentic. And I know, you know, you've heard this maybe tossed around a lot, but you can't really be anybody except yourself. You can try, but you don't come across as realistic. Um, and again, people have a sixth sense and people are smart and they figure it out. If not right away, they figure out uh, eventually that you are being insincere and they're not being true to yourself. So starting from a place of authenticity um, where you can show sympathy um, and even better if you can show empathy. If you've ever been through something similar where um, a circumstance or a person or whatever caused you to lose trust, you can share that experience because the experience of telling that story is exceptionally powerful. Um, you may have heard a lot that storytelling is the best way to get a message across, and it really is in many cases. Um, of course, there are always exceptions where it doesn't make sense to do that, but telling your honest story so that the people who you're trying to reach um, can relate to you differently, or maybe they've not been able to do that before, that's really, really important. Um, the final thing is then is follow through. If you say that something's going to change or you're going to do things or your organization is going to do things, then do them. Um, and even if you can't meet the timetable by which you say you're going to do them, it's really important to keep the communication flowing. So even if you have to go back to your audience and say, I promised you an update by this date. I don't have anything new to report and here's why, you know, whether there's been a delay or some other explanation. Even if people are coming from a place where they didn't trust, the fact that you're communicating routinely, um, it shows that you're not trying to hide and you're trying to do the right things. And that gives people confidence that you sincerely want to connect and make things right or um, put things back together, whatever it is you got to do those things and communication is so key to that. Now, I'm obviously biased because that's what I do for a living, but communication is everything. I've said this in previous episodes, you not communicating is obviously communicating something to people. And in the absence of hearing from you directly, they start to make things up. And you know what that does? That further erodes trust. So, um, so those, these are the obvious things that I think are you know, steps one, two, and three when you are trying to build or rebuild trust.
Here's something very important to consider when you're thinking about trust. Um, the civil unrest that we've experienced in my country this past year um, just brought to the forefront how much work we still have to do and how utterly flawed we are um, as a country and, and as humans. Um, and that for all we thought we had done, you know, there's so much, there's so much more we have to do to truly be the kind of society we want to be, or at least, you know, what we say we want to be. Um, we've not achieved that yet. So when you think about your own circumstances and when you're trying to build trust with your audience, think about diversity. Um, and I don't mean this as a throwaway thing so that you can, you know, check a box and say you've, you've added diversity to your communication. What I mean is if there are instances where your audience is distrustful and that trust has been eroded um, for whatever reason, part of that might be, or now it might be, because they're not seeing and hearing from people who look like them, who have shared experiences, who um, have shared experience based on age, um, who uh, come from common ground, whatever that might be. They might feel, whether it's real or perceived, that whether it's you or someone else, communicating, they don't relate well enough to that person or don't feel like that person understands where they're coming from. So how could they possibly trust? And if they've had situations in the past, which they most assuredly have, where they have been let down uh, by someone who was not like them, then they have reason to distrust. It is completely understandable. So depending on your circumstance, whether you're trying to promote a product or a service or an ideology, um, you need to have the communication come from someone the audience can more readily trust based on that person or that messenger being more like them. That's just common sense when you think about it. Um, and I know in my country, we've had an appalling lack of that in many segments of our society. So diversity is really important and uh, diversity covers so many things besides some of the more obvious ones. So that's something that you really need to think about when you're trying to build trust is, is the message coming from somebody that they can trust because it's someone who is more like them? It's not that you shouldn't have diversity of thought because you obviously want that, because you'll have better results with diversity of thought. But it is helpful, especially in important, critical times, that people understand that there are those like them who are communicating in a way that adds to that gut feeling of peace and calm and trust and something that they can believe in and rely on. So think about that. It's really important. Here's the final thing I'll talk about, and it is part and parcel with being a strategic communication professional. So I tend to harp on this topic quite a lot, 
By the way, if you hear any weird whimpering in the background, I have a little uh, bully pit. She's a, a pit bull mix named Petunia, and she is laying on a little settee near the master bedroom where I am, and she is having doggy dreams. So she's she's sleeping right now, and she's making these little muted barks. So, okay, I went off on a tangent there, but if you hear that noise, I'm not strangling my dog. She's actually just having little dreams like the rest of us. Um, anyway, back to the topic of measurement. As a communication professional, I find that um, measurement is not only important to adding value and demonstrating to my employer how I add value or how my team adds value to the organization through what and how we communicate, but measurement is also a really great tool. If you are working with people in an organization who have trust issues, and I don't mean they distrust other people, I mean they have trust issues because their own employees or you know, their vendors or their audiences, their, their consumers, don't trust them. Sometimes you will work with people like that who are insistent that their message be delivered the way they want it delivered. They don't want you interfering. They use a lot of corporate speak or other language that will not resonate with the audience. And as comms professionals, we know that. Um, but sometimes you just can't get through to them. And sometimes you just throw up your hands and say, fine, we're going to do it because you don't want to fight the battle. Here's the great thing about measurement. When you have the ability to measure things like not only open rates on written or digital communication, but uh, click-through rates, what, what your audience is paying attention to, um, whether you're seeing sales go up or um, seeing a greater interest in your product, uh, more sales inquiries. You know, there's lots of different things depending on where you happen to focus. Measurement is the, th you know, I always say the data doesn't lie. Measurement will show your leader or the person who's being very insistent that their message is not being received the way they think it will. When you can show them that, you know what, fewer people are looking or reading or watching your video or your communication, and you've got the numbers to back it up, they have to pay attention to that. It becomes very clear that they're not reaching their audience. When you have that, that's your ammunition, if you will, to say, what you're doing here doesn't work. And I'm going to show you what does. And then you can show them examples of other people like them or other people who are trying to achieve similar things who are doing it well because they're doing the other things I talked about earlier, because they are speaking plainly, because they are being authentic, because they are willing to be humble and apologize and, you know, show empathy and sympathy in difficult situations. Those people are more likely to gain trust and therefore have more people not only pay attention to their communication, but be evangelists for them and go talk to others about, hey, did you hear or read about so-and-so? I trust this person. I have a different opinion now, and here's why. Those things are really important. So don't, um, don't blow off their measurement. Find ways to measure 
what is being communicated, how it's being communicated. Get down to sentiment, and there are ways you can measure sentiment. I won't get into it today because it would take a long time, but do some research on it because there are ways to measure more than just the audience saying, I like it, I don't like it. You can actually measure things beyond that, and you can use that to make your communication better. And what does that do? It builds trust. It causes people to feel more engaged and get that calm gut feeling that they can trust, that they can um, uh, that they can rely on you even when they are feeling vulnerable about other things within your organization or with your product or service. I hope I've given you some things to think about um, if you're either building that foundation of trust for the first time or you're needing to rebuild trust in what certainly has been a challenging time for so many of us. Um, and I'd also like to hear from you. Um, maybe you have a situation that you're not sure how to handle, um, or perhaps um, you have other questions about the very nature of trust and what authentic communication uh, looks like and how you measure that. Um, and if you want to email me, you can actually drop me a note through my website, which is torpidliver.com. Um, I usually offer an option when I'm promoting this podcast um, where you can send in questions ahead of time. So you might see that on Twitter um, or Spotify or any of the other channels where you uh, get your podcasts. But again, if you want to do it, just go to torpidliver.com. You look on the lower right-hand side of my website. There is a chat box where you can drop me a note, and I promise I will reply in short order. So thank you again for listening. Um, in the meantime, stay safe, be well, Take care of each other, and we'll talk again soon. Mm -hmm.